Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Though it's cold and lonely in the deep, dark night, I can see paradise by the dashboard light. Welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. That, by the way, is some car-themed lyrics for you from Meatloaf, who is from Texas. Was from Texas, correct? His name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. I completely, I forgot (laughs) that he's no longer with us. R.I.P. Mr. Loaf. Dude, the depressing death stuff is supposed to wait till the end of the show. I'm sorry. Thank I've already checked I've the already... book. The book is good this way. There's no mention. Okay. Well, I had to, yeah, I had to do, just balance it out uh, here at the top. I'm Drew Scanlon, bringing everyone down. Uh, joining me, Danny O'Dwyer. How are you, Danny? Good. I, I always struggle. You often do uh, beautiful American lyrics for US, and I, it's always like, sort of like uh, American rockers or, or people who like for some reason I never get them and I always see Rob like smiling like a knowing smile and I'm always like oh no it's like I had that like I didn't do the class assignment kind of feeling whenever you do that yeah and this one also unknown to you yeah I, it's, I know meat it's loaf, also but... kind of a deep a deep cut okay like well if you're a meatloaf fan it's not but uh if you know one meatloaf song it probably isn't this one it's not bad out of hell <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh but uh yeah also joining us rob zachney who knows a little bit about me Mi- love how are you rob uh, that's true it's <laughs> not a euphemism some... <laughs> no. it's 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 no, it's on a few levels actually uh but yeah no i've been i've been known to enjoy uh, a guy who smuggled what are basically Broadway show tunes uh, onto mm-hmm. rock uh, onto rock playlists for for years. Uh, yeah. It's fantastic. Isn't isn't Meatloaf like? Uh, it's just there are certain like eras in in pop culture, and I often whenever I get like a sort of a, a like a mid forties guy, and I'm like, you just don't see these people on the charts anymore. Like Meatloaf. <laughs> Meatloaf did it right there, like Jimmy oh, Nail yeah. in, in the UK. Like, there's just a bunch of these lads who just, that was their moment to do it, and they did it, and now they're out. Now it's all teenage girls. Well, uh, we can reminisce about the good old days of meat. <laughs> Friends call them meat. <laughs> Mr. <Yeah>. Loaf. <laughs> uh, if you're new to this podcast, a very warm welcome to you, and if you are new to Formula One itself, we recommend listening to our preseason primer episode, Less Meatloaf Talk in that one but it assumes no prior f1 knowledge explains how the sport works and who everybody is so if you'd like to go back and listen to that and get up to speed (laughs) this year's primer is episode 216 also this show would not be possible without our audience over at patreon.com slash shift f1 where every month we release an ad-free version of the podcast along with bonus podcasts and uh videos exclusively for our patrons that cover racing documentaries and films f1 video games experiments with other racing series and uh this month's category a lot of weird things so if you'd like to support the show and get access to all that fun stuff head over to patreon.com shift f1 or click the link in the show notes what do we have going on this month danny do you think in mexico they call him senior loaf 
Like if you went to the Mexican mm. Grand Prix, that'd be that'd be pretty good. I like uh, that. Lofson. This is all these are great names that you could sign up as a title sponsor and force me to read out every week. Um, we are doing the BMW films, uh, as we talked about last week. I'm very excited. I still have not watched them. I'm going to come in pretty hot on these ones. Uh, how long are they each, actually, Rob? I know you, you've already About watched 10 them. 10 minutes apiece. And how many are we watching? Like six or seven? Of them? All of them. Okay. Uh, like 10. Great. Oh, boy. That's my, that's tomorrow, tomorrow morning slash lunchtime sorted. Um, Excited to do it. So if you're a patron, check out that podcast. And you could also, if you wanted to become one of our title sponsors, there's only a couple of races left. I'm always interested to see if we get somebody who chucks in right at the end, who comes in for like a, t- a championship winning uh, entry. Um, much like Get Rich or Die Ryan, Agave, ATX, Cyphus Training, Turf SCS, at Team Blackjack, Michael Maves, Gordy's Army, at Talking Autos, Olivia Evans, TelemetryDuck.com, Quack, FTC, James Andrew Perla Adams, Drew Stewart, Bailey Foot, Abdullah Althani, Jason Chadwick, Abraham Getchell, The Space Above Us Podcast, Dollar Sign, Sniggs, Alex Goucher, Max Faltar, Circuit Demon, Troy Stammer, Humberto Roca, William Rumpf, Irvine Clinical Research, Lachlan the Madden Man, Jason Kelly, and M Squared Racing welcomes Ellie. All right. Well, thank you all, uh, all of our patrons out there, all of our listeners. Terrific. Uh, for listening. Uh, and as we mentioned, Danny, before the race or the, the race, the podcast got started, we have a lot of nothing to talk about. We have a lot of we have a lot to talk about because it's like a post-race and a pre-race. And then we also have like a decent amount of news and weird post-race stuff that happened. But the mm-hmm. races themselves, Drew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's get to it. Yeah. Sprint grid. Um, Max Verstappen on top after the, the sprint shootout. A rare spin in the shootout, uh, going over some bumps, and we'll come back to the bumps. Uh, Charles Leclerc second, Lewis Hamilton third, Lando Norris fourth, Oscar Piastri fifth, Carlos Sainz sixth, uh, Sergio Perez seventh, Alex Albon starting the sprint in eighth place, uh, Pierre Gasly ninth, and Daniel Ricciardo starts tenth. He qualified eleventh, but George Russell had a uh, penalty for impeding Leclerc during the shootout. Danny Rick back in the saddle, starting tenth in the sprint behind him george russell as mentioned fernando alonso 12th uh esteban ocon 13th uh lance troll 14th really weird thing happened to him in the in the braking zone on one of his runs looked like the rears locked when it's usually the fronts uh the commentators were uh saying very strange they had a old hinge on the comms this week for the united states grand prix Mm. even though he's canadian um (laughs) Aston Martin had another weekend to forget here, and this is just really the start of it. Joe uh, Gonyu, 15th, Nico Holgenberg, 16th, Kevin Magnussen, 17th, Valtteri Bottas is 18th, followed by Yuki Sonoda and Logan Sargent. Danny, do you want to take us through the start? Sure. Of the sprint. Uh, yeah, all eyes at the top of the hill to see if uh, Leclerc can get up the inside. That's kind of the, that's always the desire on this one is like, is somebody going to be able to, you know, because it's a left-handed turn. Most of the circuits in the air are clockwise. This is counterclockwise. But there's something about the uphill, like, nature of this, which means no one ever seems to, like, have a bad start here. Like, I don't know if, if it's something to do with that, but the grip is a little bit easier or something. But uh, as it turns out, Verstappen has a very strong start, is able to cover off the inside uh, fairly quickly on the Claire. It's also like not a turn you can, it's a hairpin basically. So you can't, you can't like throw it up the inside. Like you're, you're gonna, you're gonna feel it on the, on the way out of that turn. Um, I mean, 
doesn't this kind of happen in the in the race race i we'll get to that (laughs) so uh hamilton though had a decent start around the outside of was it lando who was in fourth so there was a, a a battle between him and lando leading up to turn one but then by the time they got to the uh outside of that uh, Hamilton had gotten uh, nose ahead of Leclerc, and then I swear to God, this happens every single year as they're entering the S's, they're fighting. And if you're not like the car in front, it's just like you're never, there's no chance you can overtake in that section. But they always like, I feel like, dodge out of the way in the last second. And Leclerc sort of like, you know, drives alongside Hamilton, but then ultimately has to back out. Um, and Verstappen's already trying to get that DRS uh, gap. Uh, ahead of them he's he's a little bit uh, down uh, but Hamilton ends up closing the gap on him as well as Leclerc sort of starts to fall back a little bit yeah Sainz also is on soft tires here while everyone else is on medium so he makes up a place on Piastri straight away uh, banging into him off the line and then gets Norris uh, down into turn 12 I think it is um, Perez is once again in the middle of the pack trying to pick his way through and on lap two starts attacking Piastri who puts up a great defense, and Perez does have to wait until the next lap, but eventually he does get by. Uh, unfortunately for Piastri, Russell is there to capitalize on that too. Uh, he does get by, albeit by going off track, uh, like his teammate, uh, which earns him a five-second penalty. Uh, Gasly then gets by Piastri on lap five, who, uh, with that move, drops to ninth. The commentator is surmising that uh, he has damage from being hit by signs. Uh, and then the other Norris, or the other Norris, the other McLaren <laughs> of Norris, uh, lap 10, having a better race, and at this point has caught back up with Signs, who is on those aging soft tires, uh, gets by easily with DRS on the back straight. Uh, then Perez gets by Signs a lap later into fifth. Uh, and then on uh, lap 14 of, was it 17, 19. I think this 19? Yeah. Uh, Russell catches up to Signs, makes a move, but Signs on those old tires... Uh, lets him go into turn one and then cuts back and retakes the position, which was a great move. Uh, and he uh, signs, keeps it uh, until the end. Swing away. It's interesting the 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 way that played out with Russell. Um, I actually didn't think the I didn't think the pass was in the, that egregious. Uh, like it was, it's a breach of the rules. But in terms of like he got pushed out wide, he went around, uh, you know, and, and decided to keep the place. I think. Mercedes really thought it was going to work out in a way that like the five second wrist slap was going to be kind of trivial and they would make up whatever ground they needed uh, right. over, over the course of the running. And boy, did that uh, that strategy turn to ash pretty much around the time that signs was clear, like clearly not going to be overtaken. Uh, and, you know, the other the other problem is that it's not like Russell had enough. Uh, not like Russell had enough pace to like fully leave Gasly behind. You know, the the, the commentators were talking like that. That question really came under scrutiny because yes, Russell could have given the place back. Yeah, and done it the right way. You know, a couple laps later, uh, and then he probably keeps that keeps that position uh, over 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 Gasly. Um, and they just, for whatever reason, they just didn't. They just didn't do it. Um, and it's 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 kind of it's it's kind of an odd one. Like, did they have like enough respect and fear from McLaren that they thought that if they gave that place back, it would be like a multi lap battle and mm. you just be like bottled up behind them? Or or is it this this issue that is sort of a, a I don't know like a domino of the the whole 
you usually get five seconds for this, which is our teams being tactical about this and saying, yeah. you know what, like we can eat it. We we think like it's going to be worthwhile. I think in a way how it ended up sort of like has stopped this being a question and the fact that it was in the sprint race, but like it does bring up, you know, the 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 question of whether or not these should be like 10 second penalties or, or something else you know um for not giving places back if 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 teams are going because we've seen in other races where where teams have just eaten them and, and kept going in in circuits where track position is is even more important the one thing i'd say though is i don't think it's exciting to watch somebody be bottled up behind a draw you know what i mean like there are yeah, times where true. An overtake just can't happen, but it's not like good racing is happening. It no. is just like the move can't be done. The four and seasons some... before the regulations changed. <laughs> well, yeah, all, exactly. All that so, dirty air. Yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose that's that's what looms really large in my in my memory is like, yes, years of watching, you know, we would we'd say, oh, that's a, that's a good duel. But really, it was just like a guy <laughs> stuck behind the other, like trying right. to get in striking range. Getting their tires so, I don't know, shredded. Like, yeah. I like I like a little bit this this notion that there is this like higher cost version of the overtake where it's like <laughs> you couldn't do it cleanly but maybe it would be better if you yeah. just got past this guy. It's like uh, a mortgage, you know? You just sort of take the debt on at the start and then you're hoping to sort of work it out over time. You know what I mean? Like I'll make I'll make up that money. And then I'll be okay. I'll make up that time, and then I'll be. All I right. love to just put numbers in the bank rate and just be like, <laughs> "What life is possible for me?" Uh, well, everything was possible for Max Verstappen, and he won the sprint. He did, uh, earning himself eight points. Lewis Hamilton uh, second, uh, Charlotte Claire third, Lando Norris fourth, Sergio Perez fifth, ahead of Carlos Sainz, Pierre Gasly. George Russell, the final points-paying position in eighth. Alex Ablin, just outside the points in ninth, followed by Piastri. Ocon, Ricardo, Alonso, Sunoda, Hulkenberg in 15th. Botas, Joe, Magnussen, Sargent, and then the DNF of Stroll, who yeah. retired with no breaks. Yeah, two laps before the end, I think it was. It was pretty late. Um for a sprint as well i guess also if they're at it i think he was in 11th maybe when he retired so you're gonna eh, you know yeah. we got we got another race this weekend let's uh let's fix he it d- he did his radio did sound like uh yeah i gotta t- retire <laughs> why um uh, the brakes it's not feeling it yeah the, it's uh the brakes yeah sure sure it's the brakes <laughs> the vibes yeah. suck down there now it's just <laughs> oh like, yeah it's, it's oh my god so totally do you remember at the start of the season when they were like oh, they were the vividly. closest thing to top of the world i know what's happening is going to be bringing the fight to the front of the grid oh, it's going to be he's back baby and it's just not now get the deck tears uh, out now again yeah it's 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 an alarming signal on a couple a couple levels right because it's like there's the test of whether a team can design a good car for the mm. start of the year and then the second phase is like can you develop it and they seem to have just completely whiffed uh that yeah. that ladder in well, baby steps right have, pardon yeah. first first baby steps the first season you design you know you figure out how to design a good car and the next maybe you figure out how to update it. i wonder if it was a case of like if it ain't broke right because they had nothing to li- like the conservative approach of like if you've got the lead car in this sort of like top of the mid pack and everyone else was like doing dog shit <laughs> they, were, they all were like trying to like throwing everything at the wall to try and 
try and you know fix their cars and maybe i don't know maybe they just got caught napping because they had a decent car and they didn't want to mess with it too much well and also the the black box for all of us is how much budget is being allocated toward future development by some of these Mm. teams like how Mm. many like it's a funny thing that could be happening because i think you see evidence of it like notice how unhappy max seems with the car of 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 late uh it just bears all the hallmarks of like championships wrapped this car is not getting better we might like it's there's a there's evidence that like some teams you know you start stand pat and you start thinking about next year uh even some teams that are currently advancing up the up the ladder are like you know mclaren coming out of this weekend saying like we're done with upgrades i do kind of wonder if for a team in aston martin's position does it make sense to be like hey we started strong great let's bag those points and then coast and <laughs> allocate, but they're trying, forward. right? Yeah, like they're they're bringing floor upgrades that aren't. That's working the problem, and, you know. Their upgrades so. seem to suck, and that is, yeah. And and Drew, like I get, I get you. It's like baby steps, but didn't Force India kind of have similar? Well, Force India had problems. They would fade over the course of a year because like their chairman was on the run. Uh, but, but the all the funds are getting reason. allocated to, to to private jets to fly him to another tax haven hiding hiding with his sim rig uh in yeah. safe houses around the globe but no i i think it does feel like kind of uh force india racing point i'm not sure we're the most successful like continuing to bring the heat over the course of the year yeah, uh, and that seems to that seems to have uh, maintained. But either way, it just seems like uh, nobody's having Strobux now. Daddy's Strobux. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. Um, <laughs> next year is going to be interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, but before that, we've got the race, the United States Grand Prix, the the race race uh, on pole. Charles Leclerc, second, Lando Norris. Third, Lewis Hamilton. Fourth, Carlos Sainz. Fifth, George Russell. Sixth place, Max Verstappen, who qualified on pole but had his time deleted for track limits. Yep. That penultimate uh, corner. I believe, it, I believe it was that the his other time, the time that he ended up you know, being stuck with, was compromised by his teammate being in the way. Oh, that's Starting funny. his own right. flying lap. He should be an IndyCar. Um, you don't have to take that turn at all. You can just they do they arc it. It's YOLO. It. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they literally like yeah. take it like one big wide turn that whole section in IndyCar. It's wild. They can't do it in F1 because it's too dangerous. Also, IndyCar doesn't. It, last time they raced there, didn't enforce the track limits. Which yeah, is hysterically funny. That's and that's what it was. That's that's yeah. and that's the, that was the worst example yeah. of it. Was that turn? Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> like track mania out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Pierre Gasly will start 7th Esteban Ocon 8th I'm sorry Sergio Perez 9th and Oscar Piastri 10th behind them we've got Tsunoda Joe Botas Ricardo Albon in 15th uh, Sargent 16th and then Magnussen Hulkenberg Alonso and Stroll all starting from the pit lane after their cars were modified whilst under Park Ferme conditions Mm. so uh some of those guys in the back moving up some spots. Uh, Danny, do you want to take us through the start? Sure. There's a lot to talk about here. This might be the most uh-huh. detailed part of the entire race. So uh, the, to your point earlier about the inside line, I think 
probably the good best example of this is what actually happens behind the two leaders um rather than what happens at the back but Norris does get a good start so he's starting from second Leclerc is starting in first on the outside Leclerc does have like a the second phase of the start is particularly poor for him um and as a result instead of trying to he kind of can't defend inside at this stage so he just tries to take the other the other line like a, a wider line there's like three or four different lines at from the top of this um chicane at the top of the hill um it doesn't work out norris gets great great grip up the inside and he also is sort of helped by this emerging battle that's happening between hamilton and signs um Hamilton and Sainz's battle is very interesting because Sainz is starting in fourth. Hamilton is in third. Hamilton gets slowed by Leclerc in that second phase. So he ends up slowing down and losing a bit to Sainz because of uh, just Leclerc isn't going as fast as he thought he would. Uh, so he has to like duck up the inside. While he's done that, Sainz has already gotten up the inside and they're basically like toe-to-toe entering um the chicane uh as signs squeezes up the inside because he has his nose in front hamilton gets really just awkwardly shuffled into into the oncoming leclerc and it's it's sort of a minor miracle that they don't have a bit of a ferrari sandwich there at the top of the hill while that happens the two alpines have gotten themselves in a scuffle i think there was like a couple of places between gasly and ocon um but as they get through there they end up getting sort of squished at the chicane and Piastri dives down the inside of Ocon. Um, As they all shuffle back together, Russell's in that pack too, uh, Gasly ends up losing out really badly. He he tumbles down. I think Russell gets past him and so does Perez eventually. Uh, But ahead of him, you have Piastri and Ocon. And Ocon, I swear to God, this could have gone so... There was a bunch of very near catastrophic accidents in this one. Um... Piastri going around the outside of turn two, which is a fairly incidental corner. There's, there's, I don't think we've ever had a crash there. Um, he gets on the rumble strips and loses the back of the car very slightly, corrects it, and ends up like using uh, Ocon as like a, like a bar, like a like a like a safety barrier to like sort of get back on track, um, which ends up sort of tweaking out Ocon as well, and then. Uh, Piastri ends up getting ahead of him. So a great start for Piastri, who's up into sixth at this stage. Uh, Norris has already got the jump on Leclerc, and Sainz has also got the jump on Hamilton. Um, not a great start for Gasly, uh, uh, and but yeah, that's how they all shuffled out. But it was it was pretty wild. Like most of that, I didn't see the first time I watched the race. It was when I watched the highlights afterwards. I was, I got to enjoy what was going on in the back. Yeah, Piastri also had a great start, uh, jumping four places yeah. to sixth. Uh, while Russell fell three places to eighth. Uh, and by lap three, we've got a DRS train behind Russell, who has gotten ahead of Gasly with a bit of trickery, being behind the DRS line and then overtaking and then activating DRS while already ahead. Cheeky, cheeky. Great move. Um, Perez then follows him into ninth place. Uh, lap four, Hamilton retakes third place, as uh, he, w- which he lost two signs in the opening laps. Uh, using DRS on the back straight. And Verstappen is once again putting on an overtaking clinic. Uh, Starting sixth, he passes signs at the end of the back straight for fourth uh, with a lot of race yet to go. Uh, And this basically turns into a tire strategy race. Are people going to go for the one stop here? 
uh, or do you commit to the two-stop? Or do you fumble your one-stop and switch to two-stop and maybe don't do so hot? Uh, Hamilton, however, um, is also ascendant, getting by Leclerc in the same place uh, at that the back of the uh, back straight. Uh, for second place, that car looking fast without Verstappen around to compare it to. <laughs> Uh, lap seven, Ocon retires after getting his side pod crunched by Piastri. Yep. Uh, and then Piastri retires soon after. Ocon, the most retirements of anyone this year. It's a shame. It ended up catching out both of them in the end. Um, yeah. I think Ocon, you could tell, was kind of, his steering wheel was like 20% wrong for a lot of the race. <laughs> You're yeah. like, all right, is he going to keep it up? But yeah, I think it was a bit of a bit of a nightmare for him a shame though yeah and it was definitely it was piastri's fault it wasn't anything i kind of done um and yeah shame considering the start that piastri had had i think by the time he retired though he had like dropped down to like 10th or 11th or something yeah um so lap 11 back to the verstappen show he attacks leclerc at the end of the back straight leclerc defends going off track uh allowing him to fight at the next few corners but eventually Verstappen does seal the deal for third place. Um, and then the pit stops happen. So strategy time, lap 17, Verstappen pits, hoping to goad Hamilton and Norris ahead into pit stops. Otherwise, they would be vulnerable to the undercut. Um, Hamilton, though, goes long, presumably going for a one-stop. He pits on, pits on lap 21, uh, but when he exits the pits, Verstappen is there and cruises by. Uh, lap 28 is when Verstappen catches Norris, mm. drives up the inside at the end of the back straight. Norris tries a little defense, but it is not enough, and Verstappen assumes the lead. So McLaren's strategy was to one-stop, as evidenced by Norris going from mediums to hards yeah. at his first stop, which meant that Verstappen would have had to pull out a 20-second lead over him to be able to pit and still come out ahead. But McLaren apparently realized that this wasn't going to work. And on lap 35, Norris comes in for new hard tires, with, his second stop. Yeah, which ultimately also decides. Like, I think everyone was fighting for second here. And that sort of feels yeah. like it decides what's maybe who's going to come in second rather than who's going to come in first. It felt like Red Bull's sort of insane pace over everyone that they had and especially the tire wear issue as well that they had earlier in the season has definitely been quelled a bit and the mercedes in particular looked really good with their new um upgrades they brought to to this race talk about a little bit more about that later um but yeah it seemed like that was um that was uh that what was going on there i think that that hamilton was probably going to get the jump on him before the end of this race i just find it really gratifying that the so I stream a lot of Motorsport Manager uh, over, uh, or, or I streamed a lot of Motorsport Manager over at uh, Waypoint in those days, and I consistently like the the delusion I will talk myself into at any given race is like, you know, this could be a one stopper, <laughs> and it's because it's so tempting. Because right. like, how else are you going to be like? Imagine if you just didn't stop. Yeah, you could pick up like there's thirty seconds on the table. Like, mm -hmm. you you know, who couldn't use the, well, 30 seconds, you'll win. And the problem is, if you get that wrong, like, you'll you'll pay, like, way more than 30 seconds in lost pace. And it was really gratifying to see, like, Mercedes being like, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could pull this, pull this off. Yeah. Uh, you know, Leclerc uh, didn't, they didn't even let him off the strategy. Uh, right? Like, I mean, like, Mercedes right. aborted. 
But LeClaire was one of those classic, like, you just leave the pitcher in too long. There's nothing in the bullpen. Uh, you just got to wear it. They just, like, left him to be like, you got you to gotta make this work. Uh, and it just didn't. And I think it, it also does highlight the degree to which, like, not having extended practice time on the weekend. Yeah. Everyone is just, like, groping through the dark. And, mm-hmm. and it can make for an interesting race. It just kind of didn't this time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you like strategy, even for a strategy race, this was yeah. this was a little bit. There was so, there maybe or maybe it's also a factor of where we are in the season where there's just so, you know, I I would have loved for the strategy race to have been between the two Red Bulls, but Sergio Perez has absolutely no desire to be on a podium, so <laughs> so so we don't even get that. You know what I mean? So it just seems like we have these mismatches. Like, yeah, I don't know. So. For whatever reason, yeah, it just, I was not compelled by this race either. It, this is maybe the worst race weekend of the season for me, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, recency bias, but. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, we could, I'm not I'm not saying this race was better than you're saying. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there had to have been worse. Been a worse one? Year. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, well, Norris pitting kind of forces Verstappen to protect against the undercut because, you know. He does win Verstappen, but uh, <laughs> only by 2.2 seconds. So it's they do have to stay on their toes here. Um, so Verstappen pits and exits uh, ahead of Norris. Hamilton then, also unable to make the one-stop work, comes in on lap 39, exiting in fourth as Verstappen passes Leclerc, mm. who did, as we said, stick with the one-stop, uh, Verstappen passing him for the lead. Norris then also gets by Leclerc, on that lap with his much newer tires. And then Hamilton gets by four laps later, uh, getting himself into a podium position elsewhere on track. Uh, lap 48 stroll, uh, pulls a daring move around the outside of Sunoda for 10th place. Just to check in with our friend Lance. <laughs> Lance stroll. Stroll, yeah. And then back to Hamilton on those medium tires catches up to Norris and attempts to dive up the inside of turn one. But Norris defends aggressively Hamilton having to move to the outside, then cuts back, gaining enough ground through the corners to finally seal the deal and earn second place. Mm, yeah, nice overtake. For a moment. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Alonzo retired with, uh, they said, Apathy. dropouts and <laughs> lower performance. Yeah. Um, again, not a great, with except for that flash of, uh, you know, a good move around the outside on the stroll, uh, not a not a, a weekend to forget. Who doesn't love to hear a guy on Friday be like, "It's a test weekend for us." That just gets you fired. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Don't worry. Um. So I'll run down the race result here. Yeah. As they finished, Max Verstappen uh, in the lead, Lewis Hamilton second, Asterix. Lando Norris third, <laughs> uh, Carlos Sainz fourth, Sergio Perez fifth, Charles Leclerc sixth. Asterix. That is not how. <laughs> <laughs> it is written in the record books. Uh, do we want to talk here? I'll, I'll just run down the rest. Yeah, go for it. Uh, George Russell. Um, so, okay. Uh, Lewis Hamilton and Charlie Claire disqualified. So everyone else behind them moves up to spots, meaning Norris earns second, Sines earns third, Perez fourth, Russell fifth, Gasly sixth, Stroll is seventh, Sonoda is eighth uh alex albon is ninth and look who's coming up points logan Sargent at 
the American Grand Prix. Beautiful. You'd love to see it. Yeah. Home, home, first point. Home ice advantage. That's right. Uh, for Florida's own. Florida man. <laughs> Logan Sargent. They won a special moment. They won a Stanley Cup. Williams driver year. finally gets points. It yeah. is special. It's a good time. Um, Nico Hulkenberg, 11th. Fauci Botas, uh, 12th. Joe Guan Yu, uh, 13th. Kevin Magnuson, 14th. And Daniel Ricardo uh, in 15th and last place because we have the DNFs of Alonzo, Piastri, and Ocon. Um, Sunoda also scored an, adi- an additional point for setting the fastest lap of the race. Wow, really? Sunoda. I did yeah. not know that. Uh, and I think only... No, he would have been in the, in the uh, top 10. Anyway, without the disqualifications. But Danny, tell us why. Yeah, so Leclerc and Hamilton got DQ'd. And I guess this will probably nope, spill out. Nope, not taken to... for the Dairy Queen for a special no, treat weren't. after a good race. Good boy, good boy. Enjoy this 7,000 calorie treat. Um, and no, this, this may spill out into a little chat about scrutineering in a second. But let me first read out the FIA bulletin, which goes to explain why both of them were... Uh, disqualified just entirely no 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 fine no no penalty just dq'd from the race um the bulletin reads during the hearing the teams acknowledged that the measurements performed by the faa technical team was correct and stated that the high wear on the skid pads was probably a result of the unique combination of the bumpy track and the sprint race schedule that minimized Spelt the European way. I like that. Good job, Minimized. FIA. Um, the time to set up uh, and check the car before the race. The stewards note that the onus is on the competitor to ensure that the car is in compliance with the regulations at all times during the event. In this particular case, the rear skid in the area defined in the technical delegates report was outside of the threshold, which includes a tolerance for wear. Therefore, the standard penalty for breach of a technical regulation is imposed. Breach of a technical regulation. You can't do it. You get disqualified. So let's rewind that a little bit. The ref makes a T with his hands. Exactly. You're out. So there are a bunch of rules that the cars have to abide by, some of which you are probably used to seeing or hearing about, some of which are done to all cars, like the weighing of the cars at certain times during the race weekend. Um, Some of them are done uh, sort of ad hoc or to like smaller amounts of the cars because they just can't do detailed scrutineering on every single car for every single regulation the regulation they're talking here at the, at the moment is in regards to the uh, thickness of the skid plate so there is a big thing underneath the car these were brought in uh, as part of the like r- like a long time ago this is part of the like post senna crash um regulations in fact i think the first person to i think it was like the first weekend they introduced this schumacher got dq'd for having the the not having too much wear on his um skid plate too uh but basically means that um in regards to the skid plate that you have to have like a minimum thickness um uh, for safety regulations uh on the skid plate obviously this can get worn away by you know bottoming the car out by hitting bumps or perhaps in the case of a two race weekend getting a lot of that stuff happening um so first of all why leclerc and why hamilton so those were two of four cars that were checked for this particular uh element of the car the other two were 
I know it was Verstappen, and I can't remember who the other one was. It must have been Norris. It might have been Norris, yeah. I think it was. And they, it's not, it's not random. They often do things like check the lead cars for this because of um, maybe where they are in the in the championship or whatever. There would have been other elements, other parts, cars checked for other things. They often take one or two cars and check them for absolutely everything as well. But like I said, they have to minimize it because they can't check all the cars all the time, which is also why their teammates, who probably also <laughs> were in uh, contravene uh, or you know breaking this rule, were not disqualified. If they checked Russell's car and if they checked Sainz's car, the chances are they probably also would have had this issue, but they didn't check them. And they don't check them when they find someone who's done it. It's just not part of the way they operate this stuff. Oh, that's interesting. So it's not like we got a juicy lead, we got to get to the bottom of the case. So it's not like, even though Mercedes clearly set a car up wrong this weekend, that probably means they set up two cars wrong. That doesn't mean that they're going to be like, all right, George, bring my car around now. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta see what you what you ran. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and this is just the sort of the the compromise that everyone has sort of agreed to, you know, to to agree to. Um, the 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 other thing that could have happened is there the teams after the sprint race could have decided to check their cars while the cars are in Park Ferme, but they would have taken a penalty as a result. So you know, if one of if if Mercedes, you know, they had brought in, I guess, this weekend they had their new floor, right? So they had, was it the floor or was it the side? They they had it done a bunch of aero work. I think the side pods were different too. So they had a new package. And so they would have been setting it up, you know, with the skid plates and with everything in mind, with all of this stuff in mind. Like, it's super complex, right? But they would have had their car set up in a certain way, hoping that by the end they'd also be able to pass all these regulations. If they had gotten wind of... The fact that the car was bottoming out a lot, because obviously the drivers would know from uh, being on the on the track, they could have opted to take a look and maybe try to set up the car different, but they would have had to start from the pit lane. So that's the other way they could have gotten out of it, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's just the way of the, the rules. There are certain rules that are very black and white in F1. Um, they had them in to talk about it. Everyone sort of agreed what had probably happened. Um, they took the uh, the the wrap on the knuckles and and that's it pretty, pretty well, sharp wrap on the knuckles though. it is yeah, yeah uh, it is the last thing i'll just add here is that the like th- this was interesting to me because i i literally i couldn't remember the last time somebody failed a skid plank uh test. yeah like it's it doesn't happen very often because this is one of those things that like it's like getting your tire pressures really really wrong it just doesn't happen anymore uh because like it gets ironed out in testing uh yeah but this notion that like F1 just has to, you would never be able to have enough scrutineers to, like, check the entire field for compliance. So it's just kind of this, like, vibes-based, like, yeah, let's let's take a look at that. Uh, The other part is, I'd always sort of imagined it as them being, like, we're going to dismount the entire skid plank and just, like, measure every bit of it to see, like, where, see how it's done. Uh, But they actually do have, like, a set of prescribed, like, holes drilled in it they're they're used for testing so you only have to measure certain like sample spots that's on cool the plank to tell you whether it's in compliance or not and it was only and only one of them i gather uh failed for hamilton um so it's like it, it was like it's literally the tolerances are tight right like you can't like one millimeter of wear that's not a that's that's not a lot of tolerance 
but the, the plank seems like it was largely in that tolerance except for one little spot uh but you know you do wonder setting a car up really really low tends to make it a little bit faster and, and the right, yeah, exactly, is yeah. fast yeah Danny sounds like there's some uh, drivers complaining. <laughs> there it is, yeah, yeah. I've got a, I've got, um, I think Charles Leclerc is <laughs> in the room next to me. I'm trying to like tap my mute button, um, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, there's a, it's very funny. There's some, there's some, there's some F1 drama happening in my house. I think. Uh, well, I want to hear more about the scrutineering process, but uh, we will get to it after uh, this break, and we'll be right back. Rob. You flagged an article here uh, from Autosport about scrutineering <laughs> and how it works. We've never really talked about this. Uh, and frankly, I don't know a whole lot about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is this is like, I mean, Danny covered the like the the big high high level parts of it, which is that it is a sort of limited sample uh, of the car, similar to with um, uh, Seb's uh, fuel sample that he couldn't mm-hmm. return. It's it's mm-hmm. one of those things where uh you know if if they if they request it you can't provide it. Uh these things are sort of instant uh like unappealable uh you know issues issues that crop up. Uh yeah, and then like the the thing about the the skid plates at least was like kind of what I was uh, as I was saying a moment ago like it mostly covered uh what I what I'd marked out which is just that this is a process where uh They've got things that are built in to facilitate, uh, like measuring the measuring the skid plate and getting through that process uh, really really quickly. So you, That's you awesome. have you have things like the 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 samples uh, to to make sure that you know the the car is is in compliance. The other thing is that uh, teams can. I'm not sure if Dan brought this up, but like uh, no, Danny, you did because like they they would take the penalty if they inspected their own cars. Over the course of the weekend, which is wild, right? It is kind of it is it is interesting that uh, park for make rules is kind of this like double jeopardy kind of thing where yeah. it's, if you're checking to see whether you're within the rules, you're out of the rules if you fix it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like there there's that process of because the teams like went into this with with less data, and I and I guess you know it, maybe it points to an issue with the sprint weekend a little bit as well. Like is 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 something like this entirely is it entirely fair in a sport where like usually there's a lot more practice running the teams get to do before like all these regulations yeah are kind of built with the presumption that you're going to have three practice sessions before the car is locked and here they got one right that's that's how that's that's how this kind of unfolds so it's not like teams can teams might suspect they've got this wrong uh, like one of the things that was mentioned about why do they choose to spot check who they spot check is that um, onboard cameras will kind of reveal, uh, you know, if, if a skid plate's hitting the ground a lot, you're going to see that reflected in sort of the violence of the driver's head movements during the race. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of things that might cause uh, the the, uh, the FIA to say, like, this this car probably is deserving of special scrutiny. Uh, the teams probably also have an inkling that things might be a little bit awry, but you're kind of, it's funny. It doesn't even seem like they can, it doesn't seem like they can even measure it uh, when it's in park for May. It's like, you can't even know, like they can't go there and be like, are we just, are we going to get penalized? 
even that because obviously you would fix it if you if you found that and just like eat the penalty but you could theoretically fix something without busting park fermi right i mean there's not a lot you can do you can make like wing adjustments i guess you know but that's an inter- that is an interesting point uh because one of the theories about why this might have happened is the wind changed oh funny uh, and so there was a theory that like the cars might have been getting pressed harder than mm-hmm. they were during earlier sessions. So that that is one thing that they might have been able to do is like reduce some, take some wing off it uh, during the next during during like the sprint. Uh, but yeah, like but the sprint the, the 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 plank is a tough thing to fix without breaking park for me fully uh, because the things that cause that are just fundamental setup things that you can't touch uh, even even if you knew what was up. Well, um, we see what happens when teams break the rules. Drivers can also break the rules, Danny, and be fined. They can. Uh, they could be fined one million euro, uh, according to these new FIA rules, which seem somewhat arbitrary. I mean, I guess all fine n- numbers are arbitrary in some ways. Um, so I guess they were revisiting some old rules. They dust, they blew some dust off the rule book and realized that the last time they had, um, I guess, put a limit on the, or put an upper limit, a ceiling, if you will, on the uh, amount they could fine a driver, it was a measly 250,000 euro. So they quadrupled mm. it. It had been 12 years, so they quadrupled inflation. it. Inflation. Exactly, inflation. What are you do? Inflation and Supply also, chain. you know, the Andretti stuff and just everything. They, they just, FAA needs more money. What was it? He needs more money to do data about, what was it again? Something last... I, Something I don't, I don't know. <laughs> FI, some, somebody over at the FIA has like credit card debt, and we're just figuring out all these reasons why. They oh, Ben to... Slam! Like we can't possibly fix the track limits situation yes. without like yeah. tens right. of millions of dollars. We need ten, yes, to to do yep. research. You know, uh, research at home. Um, yeah. So, the, so this is sort of you know would have been a nothing burger, but they started asking the drivers about this a little bit. Um, and some of the reaction to it is quite funny because the the drivers are kind of like somewhat shocked by it, just the idea that they could be fined that much. Um, and also there was a great chat with Alexander Alban on racefans.net um, where he sort of shed light on how not many of the drivers on the grid could actually afford that. Like they're not, a lot of them aren't paid insanely well. Um, uh, Alex says, uh, I think people wouldn't realize, especially the first two, three, four years of being a Formula One driver, that the salaries are nothing like what people actually think they are. I, uh, it would be a tough fine if you were to get into debt for it. Um, Alban pointed out the drivers also have to pay six-figure sums to the FIA for their super licenses each year, uh, saying, we already pay our super license fees, which are already extremely expensive. I don't know a sport where you have to pay yourself to enter it. I think that in itself seems a bit different to most sports. Um uh, in the end, if they're going, I didn't. I didn't know that you had to no. pay that much, or that it was that significant. It's crazy. Um, it, I kind of thought like you qualified for a super. Maybe you yeah. sent an application with like fifty bucks. You know, it's not exactly the Olympics, to it, is but, it? You know. Yeah. Um, he also f- finally says, in the end, if they're going to raise it to a million, then they're uh, in some ways targeting three or four drivers because no one else could actually afford that. And just to give you an idea of like some of the fines we've had over the past years, you might remember. 
Um, was it the last race where Albon walked across the track? Um, the FA Hamilton. Sorry, Hamilton. Apologies. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, of Albon on the brain. Um, yeah, when he when he walked across the track, uh, they're revisiting that fine, but that was fifty thousand euro. Um, Verstappen also got fifty thousand that time. He wiggled Hamilton's rear wing. Remember that? Mm -hmm. He wasn't, and he did that. Um, Sebastian Vettel got a five thousand euro fine when he rode that scooter back to the, <laughs> to, right. the um, to the pit lane so like uh, you know I, I i can't remember anything that was much more than that um so it's in a way i'm like what what could you do that <laughs> you would get a million it's gotta be euro- schumacher level breaches right that's the only time i can think of like you parked your car at monaco uh, you right. like you shoved it like you you did what he did to uh, Villeneuve. To, yeah, uh, yeah. Like that's the only thing I can think of is where you just have like ne- egregious breaches of. I guess like, Nelson PK Junior. Like that mm. that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Well, that gets you kicked out of the, the league. That does get you kicked. Yeah, maybe they can also find them. You know, get a bit of a payday while you're kicking them out. Um, I wonder if, like, I always I always thought that Vettel should have got... I like Sebastian Vettel, but I always thought he should have gotten in a bit more trouble over that ramming of Hamilton he did in Baku. Oh, yeah. That seemed, like, just road ragey in a way. You know, in a way that yeah. was, like, kind of shocking. Um, but probably yeah, not so, worth a million dollars because it was, like, kind of low stakes, right? Like, it was a... They were going slow. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I think, like, it, it is one of those things where it's, like, you're just putting that fine on the books to have it there, being like, "Well, if somebody does something really bad, yeah, we can we can find them a million dollars." It's like it's like your mom grabbing the wooden spoon and just tapping it in her hand. Yep, you know. And anyone else grow up in a Catholic family? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but we are growing up with the sprint race, and the sprint race is growing up with us, Rob. It seems like. Uh, some changes are happening to the sprint race's body. Who knows? It's it's growing up, growing old prematurely. Perhaps <laughs> uh, people seem like they might be kind of over it. Uh, <laughs> really? The, uh, it, you know, after after a precocious growth spurt, uh, mm. <laughs> the sprint race has entered an awkward phase. <laughs> so, I mean, I like you know you heard us talking about it earlier. Like we were kind of it seems like collectively we we're kind of bored by this race weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and certainly the sprint does not seem like it was a particular highlight for for any of us. Uh, that's matched by some of the data coming in. The uh, God, I forget who it is, but basically the race promoter for the USGP mentioned that Saturday sales were not good for oh. for the sprint race. And this remember the entire justification of the sprint race is that we got to get people in through the gate. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We want three big days, uh, you know, at the at the tracks, and that didn't happen. And it was interesting. worth pointing out that if you if you've never bought tickets for a race before, typically you can buy uh, one or multiple or all three yeah. days. So you could just if you wanted just the Saturday ticket, it's cheaper. It's a lot cheaper than uh, race day or certainly all three days. Um, but yeah, interesting to see that even, even then it's well, not compelling enough. And in the interview, you, cause he, these answers kind of came up and sort of, he was being kind of discursive about it as he, mm-hmm. as he was describing, uh, like what, what, what he was seeing from this. 
you know, he, he explained that um, so Bobby Epstein is the guy's name. Uh, he explained people were like, well, could it be because the championship's locked? And he was like, that could be it. But the Grand Prix tickets did fine. It grew. So mm-hmm. Sunday, you're seeing the growth curve you want to see uh, with a growing sport like F1. The sprint day was just kind of lagging. It was lower they, than the previous year, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I, th- I think so. Um, but I, in, in either case, he's like, so you know, if it's if it's the if it's the Max effect where people are just like kind of tired of watching Red Bull smoke everyone at these races, you'd think that that would have just hit the whole weekend, and Sunday would have been slower too. That didn't happen. So something about the sprint race is a turnoff, and that is kind of like he he sort of came away being like, I'm not sure we would. I'm not sure we would want to do the sprint race next year with the, but you know, we'll work with the FIA uh, with uh, F1 on, on whatever, but like, it might not be something we actively pursue for, for Coda. So, uh, this is broadly like, it's probably broad. It's triggered a broader conversation in F1 of like, how do you fix the sprint race? Cause nobody's quite happy with it. Nobody's quite sure what to do. The, if these numbers aren't going up, if it's not bringing in more revenue, uh, then, then what's kind of the point. It's and, costing a lot of money. Yeah. And so, people are starting to, they, like, apparently, like, team principals, uh, leadership within with within F1, um, you know, FOM, are meeting, and they're sort of opening up to more unorthodox ideas for how to, you know, how do you fix the sprint race? And to me, these begin to sound a little desperate. Okay, I like it. I like desperate. What if we put a little money on the line? What about a million dollar prize purse for the winner? Oh my god, I could pay off that fine. <laughs> you could pay I that got. fine. You could pay that <laughs> fine. Well, hey, I have a better idea. What about an elimination race where if you're the last driver, you get the fine? Or if you or, if, <laughs> oh, or I guess great. not the last cuz then you'd be the winner. If you're the first driver, you get the fine. No, that's stupid. I take it back. Well, that's just a that's just a prize, Danny. That's yeah, just uh, maybe if you're the last. I thought driver, you were saying if you came in last, you you, pay you were fine. Yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, then I guess that's that's really kicking dirt in the face of teams that already don't have the money to compete. Yeah, I don't I don't love it honestly. Uh, <laughs> though it is it, it is an especially uh, it, it's it's a very American idea. It's called a capitalism. A it's called a late yeah. capitalism rule. Yeah. Uh, then there was, <laughs> so because they won't touch the race grid for the race. What what's the sprint doing here? Uh, one theory is: what if we did a sprint championship? So now within the F one calendar, Ugh. there's your there's your let's let's be real, the actual F one championship. <laughs> but what if we had sprint races, which had a different point structure, and like it was who's going to be king of the sprints? Oh my gosh, this is interesting. Like, and I look, I'm a European. I'm used to you know, my my favorite football team playing in 14 different competitions, you know, make sure that the they're in the Cup Winners Cup and the League Cup and the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup and the Europa League and the Champions League. Is there actually one called the Cup Winners there Cup? There used to be. It's not around anymore. But oh, my there God. Was, there was a Cup winner. There was a European Championship where all of the domestic <laughs> Cup winners would play each other in a Cup 
winner's cup. <laughs> and what would they win, Danny? They would win a cup, a bigger cup, the biggest. You wouldn't believe how large this cup was. I remember it because we, uh, Arsenal, my team, famously lost uh, to Real Zaragoza when I was about 11 or 10 years old um, because a guy called Naeem chipped David Seaman from the halfway line. And boy, oh boy, did every child I was in school with for the next three years remind me of that every single day. Um, so yeah, the Cup Winners' Cup was a was a was a good one. But yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not a you don't tend to have the side pot championship in American sports, right? No, no. Well, that's because that's because they're all cartels and they're all engineered right. so that they are like they're contractually obligated to stay within a league, but then nobody else can enter the league. So it's all kind of structured to to like like be uh you know captain size and restrict freedom of uh movement and competition don't have that uh and listen like i think i think the real problem with this idea is that this past year i got into some pro pro cycling and i I enjoy that nice it's cool that you have races within these bigger bigger events yeah but cycling has interesting different disciplines in it that like everyone's running the same course but there are meaningful disciplines that are being pursued separately from just like who can go over these courses it's kind of like an endurance race yeah endurance motor racing yeah. yeah yeah though just because of the variables of like the courses they're running on the human body like way different classes of, of rider out there right like i don't think you get the spread in endurance racing or the difference between like a sprinter and a general classification rider in in cycling but sprints are just not a different they're not a meaningfully different discipline in F1, it, it's yeah. just it's it's a little mini F one race. Uh, what I if think we, at that point, what if we made it a really mini F one race? What if, what if we just had them race the go kart track yeah. that's like beside the F one track? Most of them not, have them. Not the I would be idea. way more into that. <laughs> I'd be so into it. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's some other ideas to kicking around. What if we did reverse uh-huh. grids? Yes. What if we did, now how do you call it, like, reverse grids can be tricky to set up and everything, but we could do reverse championship grids. So now whoever is, and now you're starting to catch my interest. Because mm. uh-huh. now it's like, we're putting Haas, oh boy. Williams, Alvatore. Logan Sargent on pole oh my every week. Yeah, and, like, let's just see what happens. And also turn, that frown up, turn that frown upside down, Lance Stroll. And also it would get, like, some of these guys, let's, let's like, Bad things happen to mid-pack drivers. It's just, it's messier <laughs> back there. It's right. like, you know, you're up at the front. Yeah, there's high stakes, like, fights for the first corner. But there's only so many cars around you. But, boy, if you're toward the tail end of the traffic jam heading the corner, I kind of like the reverse grid idea. But then they start to lose me as they're talking. Like, some of the things that are on the table is, well, if we do reverse grids, we obviously still need to do qualifying. So Stupid. we got to have a qualifying format. So that like means you, you drive as slow as you this. can. You got you got right. to creep it, around the course. You got last. Yeah. So like they, they still want a qualifying format that will be meaningful for this like secondary race they're doing. One shot. And to me, it, it just kind of highlights the sprint race. I don't know. F one kind of feels like it's nowhere with it. Like they haven't they haven't figured out a. F- it's kind of twofold. You know what the sorry. Yeah. You go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say it's like. They haven't figured out how to make it reliably interesting because F1 itself is not reliably interesting. Like that's just that you know it's just you got a you got a microcosm of the problem uh, mm-hmm. happening, and then you haven't figured out how to give it any sort of meaningful stakes uh, that are interesting to the drivers. 
so and I think this is where I think this is why you need Vince McMahon in here, right? <laughs> because the problem here is that they're trying to fix a carny problem, which is that they're trying to get people in the door. But the problem is that Formula One and FIA don't have enough, like, they have too much shame. They have too much, like, do. we need this to, like, look proper, right? We, we're doing this entirely to get people through the door. It is a money-making fiasco, yep. but we don't want anyone to think that it's that. So we're going to give it this, like, this like feeling of of uh, of of authenticity and an import when it runs literally on pure merit one hundred percent in a way that is it the the ideas are conflicting and the problem is you need someone to come in there and just go guys the Grand Prix is on a Sunday okay no one's taking your Grand Prix away the sponsors will still be there F one's the best sport in the world but Saturday is freak show day okay. Saturday, we're going to introduce some really fucked up stuff that none of you are going to want to tell your your partners about. You're not going to be proud about it, but it's going to get people through the through the morning the after Zoolander scene, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's what they need to. Do. They just need to. They need to like just get rid of whatever you know self respect they have left and just em- embrace it. And just, it's just like, like we're we are sorry. Like yeah, Saturday's for the blue shell. Like that yes, one hundred percent. That is what we are doing here. Bernie's yeah. sprinkler truck is pulling up, guys. <sighs> just about to say, yeah. Like, like, listen, F one needs to do better with sustainability. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so, but so dumping we're gonna... a few thousand gallons of water <laughs> on various racetracks could be cool. You know what's really sustainable? Mascot foot races. Jesus. <laughs> right, 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 right. How about everyone in the stands gets a tomato? You know, there's so yeah. many, you know, uh, that's not very sustainable. Okay, that that may be a bit much. But, like, if they want to do it, they should do it, you know. Or, like, or, I don't know, this is maybe getting a little bit silly. If everyone doesn't want to do it, they should set up some other thing that can do it. or You know what I mean? And let the drivers, let's let, like, all of these reserve drivers be involved. Or, like, just figure out a whole other, like... I don't know. RV I, construction derby. Yeah, I'm trying to think derby. like what, what, how they, I guess it's maybe that's too, maybe that's, maybe that, maybe they're not ready for that yet. Maybe my ideas are so bold that in You're Marty years, McFly up there. Exactly. The, uh, yeah. They're not ready for what I've got. It's too darn loud. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny though, because like the, the Qatar sprint was the best part of the weekend. So it's, it's, it's hard to write it off entirely, you know? No, it's just, F1 doesn't like a format doesn't make an F1 race good, right? You're you're kind of this luck of the draw type situation. Yeah, of, that's true. Is this one going to work? And yeah, it's 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 a tricky problem. But I think yeah, it's it's just they have painted themselves into a corner here because they're like it's going to be interesting, it's going to be a good show. And it really tends to reproduce the variables of regular F1 racing, but with lower stakes. And yeah. so it can it can feel really flat, and I and I think it does make these weekends. There are times I'm like, hey, cool, I like getting getting more race sessions, but on a weekend like this one, I was like, I'm not sure I needed to see two of these. There was a lot of sport on this weekend as well, which I think didn't help it. Yeah. Well, Danny, more sport, more sport. is happening this weekend. There is, and it's Tell happening. Us about it. It's happening high in the sky, in beautiful Mexico City. We're heading over to Circuit Hermanos Rodriguez. 
which has been part of the F1 calendar again since about 2015, since about since exactly 2015. Um, this uh, track was built in 62. Its first race as part of the F1 calendar was in 63. Interesting part about the history of this. Apparently, Ricardo and Pedro Rodriguez, the Hermanos Rodriguez, if you will, um, mm. they their dad was like an advisor to the president and basically convinced him to make this track. Because he was like, yo, we got I got these two boys and they're ripping it up. And we need to make it cool. We got this, we got this baseball stadium, we got this, and we got some roads around there. We can adapt it and turn it into a track. Um, Does that feel like good governance? Hmm. No, it's 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 like it's sort of like nepotism. Does it feel like good, fun it's when your country is doing yes, exactly it does. <laughs> Um, so they built 4.3 kilometers or 2.7 miles of track. It has changed a bit since uh, since it was originally built. Uh, I guess the biggest change is the Peralta Corner, which used to be this super wide. It was great overtake by Mansell there, very famous. It used to be this sort of like wide corner, almost like a bowl kind of section, um, which now has been sort of bisected um, coming out of the, the stadium section that they have here. Um, the Forosol Baseball Stadium, which is uh, definitely a unique, uh, you know, in in the world of F one. I think it. Uh, I think maybe other. I've seen another racing s- series is where they've they've gone into like a an, an area like that. But certainly for F one, it, it's certainly it's they wild. Had it they had burnout paradise. <laughs> they did. Mm. Right. <laughs> um, it's a it's it's a funny track because it's kind of a high downforce setup because of the altitude. So it's two kilometers up, um, and that obviously has uh, issues with the not just the the air as it works aerodynamically, but also in terms of how the engines are are operating with the air coming in there. So um, the the teams do have to be a little bit tricky, a little bit smart about how they they set up their cars. Uh, in terms of overtaking, uh, there's two DRS straights, and they kind of constitute the main two areas where you're going to see a lot of the overtaking. The start finish straight is like pretty long here it's got a drs uh, zone which is pretty long too so down into turn one you tend to get uh, a decent amount of overtaking it's not a particularly sharp turn you know it's a bit wide on the outside of it and then the other one is uh, into turn four which is at the other uh, drs straight um and is there a third one here on this map oh sorry you're right there is a short one on the way into the stadium section but you tend not to get actually i take that back we did see a little bit of overtaking here it was either yeah. last year or the year before into turn. You seem to recall 12. Magnuson being involved. Yeah, because we we used to not, but we did. I think it was something mm-hmm. to do with the new regs, maybe. Um, so no, you're right. There was a I, I forgot about that. Uh, so the DRS detection uh, zone for the second uh, for for the first two DRS zones happens at the um, as they exit the stadium. So it's one one uh, one's, uh, one one detection point for the two of them. Um, yeah. It's an interesting track. We've heard from people in the past who've emailed in that it seems to be a pretty fantastic track to attend. Like, you can just kind of take the subway there and they get you in and out fast. And unsurprisingly, I mean, Mexican sports fans are, are sort of known around the world for, for being some of the best, uh, most gregarious and, and, and joyful in the world. There's a great World Cup there back when before I was born, I think. Um and uh, yeah, the vibes here always seem to be pretty good. It's, it's definitely one that I've sort of flirted with going to. Um, uh, I'm just not sure if I like the track as much. I kind of mostly want to go just to, to enjoy it, you know? Yeah, I mean, when you go, 
do you really get to enjoy the race? That's a, it's a it's a good point. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of secondary. It is. You're right. Yeah, that's fair. Especially if you're going to like a different country's one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even in Austin. Sit in that baseball stadium. That'd be cool. I'm with you, Danny. That'd be cool. Yeah. And you'd just be like, man, you just, the food would be great. The beer would be great. The, the, the vibes would be great. Uh, yeah, oh, you know what I hope I'm they into. bring back this year? What? The uh, horn version of the F1 theme. Yeah. Oh, did they do that, that was last so year? sick. Uh-huh. It's like yeah. it's so much better than the usual version. Uh, or they, they On the had, TV like, broadcast? Yeah, or, they did. Or, they did one with like, uh, like, uh, like, like iconic like Mexican horn. Uh, that that sort of style of play. Uh, that's I like that a lot. When is I guess Dia de los Muertos is on? That's near. That's the end of the month, though, right? Same as yeah. So that that this would have yeah because that's on like Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. That would have this would have been a good week to go to that. That would have been a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to do that next year. Fun it's gonna be nice too. Seventy-five degrees on qualifying day Ooh. and uh, and race day. Maybe a little warmer. That is, that's uh, about twenty-three, twenty-four Celsius. Ooh. Uh, low chance of precipitation. Five percent on qualifying day. Climbs a little bit to ten percent on race day. Uh, and wind, uh, not too much. Seven or eight miles an hour, mm. or ten or eleven kilometers an hour out of the north. Um, but heading into the weekend, the driver standings look like this. Max Verstappen, of course, on top with 466 points. Sergio Perez, his teammate, in second with 240. Lewis Hamilton in third with 201. Fernando Alonso is in fourth place with 183 points. Boy, they really did have a strong start. Uh, Carlos Sainz is in fifth with 171. Lando Norris in sixth with 159. Charles Leclerc in seventh with 151. Boy, that, there's a lot of things that can happen before the end of the year here <laughs> yeah um george russell in eighth with 143 then a jump down to oscar piastri in ninth with 83 pierre gasly's in 10th with 56 lance stroll has uh 53 esteban ocon has 44 alex albon now has 25 points in 13th place botas has 10 hulkenberg in 15th with nine sunoda has eight joe has six magnuson has three lawson has two logan Sargent in 20th place with one point Ooh. And uh, Nick DeVries and Daniel Ricciardo have zero. In the constructor standings, Red Bull Racing is, of course, on top with 706 points. Uh, more than double of Mercedes' is, uh, 344. Ferrari is in third with 322. McLaren is in fourth with 242. Uh, Aston Martin is in fifth with 236. Did that just happen? Did McLaren just jump Aston Martin? Yeah, that makes sense. Mayhaps. Yeah. Uh, Alpine is in sixth with a cool 100 points. Uh, Williams in seventh place with 26. Alfa Romeo is in eighth with 16. Gene Haas and team are in ninth with 12. And Alfa Tauri has 10. If you would like to join the standings yourself, you can do so in our Fantasy League using the link in the show notes. Here are the top three, the podium, rather, from... Uh, the United States Grand Prix, because there are uh, four here tied, two two people tied uh, for third place. Uh, I has no idea. <laughs> uh, and uh, Justin's box, box, box. In second place, kicking Haas and taking names. And in first place, Alt F1 forever. Beautiful. I like it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but overall, the standings look like this. In third place, I has no idea. In second place, <laughs> second place, paying the stroll toll. And in first, Horner to the max. Uh, you can send us an email if you like, shiftf1podcast at gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails. We're also all around the socials. Uh, you can check it out in the links uh, in the show notes. And that's us around the internet. Do you want to take us around the world, Danny? Let's race around the world. The World Rally Championship is in Paso, Germany for the Central <laughs> Europe Rally. El Paso, Germany. Wow. <laughs> El Paso, Germany. Uh, best Mexican food you can find. Um, MotoGP is in Thailand at the Chang International Circuit. Ooh. The World Superbike Championship is in Jerez in Spain. Mm. Uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series is in Martinsville Speedway in Martinsville, Virginia for the Dead On Tools 250. <laughs> dead On Tools. De- uh, Those tools are dead on. That's They are. As is Super Formula. They are at Suzuka in Suzukashi, Ooh. Mie Prefecture, Japan. Japan. We've got the Repco Supercars at the Surfers Paradise Street Circuit. Wow. In Surfers Paradise, Australia. Well, is it? Or do you think it's named like Greenland? Like it's not Surfers Paradise? It's probably like surfers down there. It's probably, right. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's actually like it's just the shark the shark lobby named it that. It's like full of <laughs> right. sharks down there. Either that or it's like it's it's like where they're they're like digital city where all like the e commerce webs you know, you know, companies are. Mm-hmm. They call it web surfers mm-hmm. paradise. We also got NASCAR from El also. Paso, Germany. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the dusty streets of El Paso. Uh Martinsville, Virginia. <laughs> just like the Xfinity. Uh, which confusingly, the uh, the Cup Series race is called the Xfinity 500. That's confusing. That is confusing. Sort it out, Martin. <laughs> get the get the mayor down here. Uh, also, Formula One this weekend. Maybe you've heard of it. Things kick off Friday, October 27th. Free practice one is at 2:30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN two. Nice. Very watchable times yes. again. Uh, free practice two is 6 p.m. on ESPN two. Saturday, October 28th. Uh, free practice three is at 1.30 p.m. on ESPN News, <laughs> followed by qualifying at 5 p.m., also ESPN News. And the race, everyone, Sunday, October 29th at 4 p.m. on ABC. Get those rabbit ears ready. <laughs> and that's what's going on this weekend. But what happened today, Danny? Today in, in history. In history, in the past. Maybe in the future. No, this is all past stuff today. Graham Hill, Jim Clark, and John Surtees were... All died. <laughs> nope, they're nope, all good. John Surtees died much, much later. So much it, later. He, he rules it out. Um, uh, we're, uh, uh, Graham K- Hill is definitely still around. Uh, we're in, uh, a sh- in with a shout of... Uh, the, sorry. <clears throat> we're in with a shout of the title going into the season-deciding Mexican Grand Prix on this day in 1964. That's crazy. Is that the first year? What's synchronicity? 63 was the first year. That's cool. Uh, even in the closing stages of the race, R- Clark looked likely to win his second title until his Lotus engine seized up with just one lap remaining. Mm. Surtees finished second and took the world championship. He became the first and so far 
only motorcycling world championship to win a title on four wheels as well. Which is pretty badass. I mean, that's those are like really almost is. entirely different things. <laughs> like, I mean, people were talking about Rossi getting in an F1 car. Do it. The other Rossi. The doctor. The doctor. That, I'd love to see it. You know. Yes. Uh, the whole F1 paddock was astonished today in 1997 when the qualifying session for the showdown title decider at Jerez produced a bizarre result. Does anyone remember this? This is my favorite qualifying ever. Title protagonist Jacques Villeneuve and Michael Schumacher plus Heinz Harald Frensen set individual fast times to a margin of one thousandth of a second. It has never happened before or since. If I remember, Wait, yes, three people tied. They tied all three of them, and if I remember correctly, the order was in the order in which they finished their laps. Wow. Yes, I think yeah. First, second, and third. The, the metering doesn't go down to the. It doesn't go down pilot. anymore. That's incredible. Yeah. So if you set yours first, that's who I, be- I believe. Did it? I'm wow. I'm 99% sure that's what happened that it just went to whoever was whoever did it first which I think was Shumi I can't remember but yes all three of them were or it might have been Villeneuve all three of yeah, them were that's a name I forget all, <laughs> like that I haven't thought about in ages yeah isn't that crazy like that like, is crazy you're 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 <laughs> you're immediately thinking is that the clock broken <laughs> what's going on there guys is there like a is there a slight bias that's happening on the chip there that's but apparently no they checked it and everything and seemingly it was all fine and just be great if you if i mean maybe it's on youtube the uh the announcer call i've seen it before i've i've seen that um it's murray walker i think i've i've seen that uh that highlight before it's definitely on youtube okay. we should look it up yeah Cool. All right. Well, final thoughts, uh, Danny, ahead of uh, the Mexican Grand Prix. I'm starting to like like the book I'm reading here. This Formula One on this day book is like I'm on the last chapter. It feels like it's disappearing. <laughs> the nights are getting dark early. Like it's starting to feel like the F1 season's just about wrapping up. And I mean, we've we only got, got four left. Only four races left. Um, we're here. We're in Brazil. We're in Las Vegas, and then we're off to Abu Dhabi for the sunset, and that's it. So. Yeah, I'm just gonna try and enjoy them as much as I as much as I can. There's not really much left to race for, all, all things considered. But um, yeah, I'm gonna enjoy the rest of it because God knows I miss it when it's done. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts, Rob. Uh, two things. Uh, actually, just the full mariachi version of the F1 theme. All <sighs> I remembered was the horn. I didn't want to be Beautiful. like, well, of course it's mariachis because you know Mexico. But no, it's I'd forgotten. Uh, it's just a beautiful mariachi band rendition of the F1 theme. Two, I think I figured out how to fix sprints. Okay. All right. Million dollar prize purse. Okay. Manufacturers can pay F1 to make the teams. They will prepare and provide all the drivers a street legal, like race, race equipped car for them to race on the track. Oh my God. Hmm. Like basically it'll be days of thunder, uh, rental race every weekend. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. So if for instance, uh, like, Rob has accepted a puppy once again. <laughs> we got to race like Honda Civics this weekend. By God, oh we're racing God. Honda Civics. Oh, my God. Uh, it's, amazing. it's like Gran Turismo rules. Yeah. Like, hey, guess what? Uh, t- today's sprint race uh, entrant Hot was provided to us by our friends at Toyota. Uh, you're driving Siennas. 
<laughs> I want the Wrangler race. But imagine that, like, the teams would never go for it because they would be concerned about injury, even though I think the speeds would probably be generally lower enough. And with the, you know. Right. It's, uh, I don't think sports car racing is, is any more dangerous than, than F1 uh, with, the, with the proper equipment. And the speeds would be lower with these. Uh, but they would just never go for it because I think they'd be worried about about injury. But I would, I would kill. It was that would be amazing. And like, yeah. just like, hey, guess what? We found a bunch of old like Pontiac Grand Prix, and you know, we we tuned them up, fixed them, fixed them up. We're gonna let you go racing. <laughs> It'd be I would so love cool. It. Could you imagine? I'd love the. Um, I guess the issue, the only issue I could like genuinely, that's a really good idea. And you could have like sponsored ones like you could have mercedes sponsor one like mercedes the company or like right. ford or any they number of car companies pace cars yeah to- yeah exactly like any number of companies that have no desire to actually like submit a formula one team or build an engine the only issue i can think of is well there's lots probably but the main one i can think of is like the engineers in the in the pit crews would probably have it's not exactly their core competency and it might like it might be so much fun that they end up spending too much time on the Saturday race and you could, you could also theme it to the to where you are like if yeah. you're in Germany everyone races travis or like in Japan 86s this there is, you go I'm, this is what I'm saying and also no the teams wouldn't prepare the race cars it would okay, be like okay. the manufacturer provides these things these things roll out of the trailers set up for racing uh, oh and gosh. like the, the the pit crews never touch them, and then you get the like it's a spec series, so fans yes. would love it because it's like equal equal hardware, totally awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to see but, twenty Fiat five hundreds drive around Monza, but it would be a total joke. So the drivers wouldn't take it too seriously and get right. weird about like oh like what does it mean that like Lewis beat Max uh, <laughs> right. in, in a yeah in like a, a a Ford Explorer or something it wouldn't it wouldn't signify anything uh, so oh, yeah. like I think listen you'll be getting you'll be getting paid on every level the manufacturers are giving up one oh money God. the fans are pouring in to see it uh, I think such it's a good a time this idea I don't want like the Las Vegas Grand Prix is too expensive for me but if they had a Rav Four race on Saturday I'd be there man. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's like guys, we're going. <laughs> uh, well, uh, that that uh, whining noise signals the end of our podcast. <laughs> if you would like to, so oh, how about a, a, a Irish Grand Prix and everyone drives DeLoreans? I mean, it, oh my God, you you're right. That'd be amazing. It'd have to be in the north. DeLorean filled with cocaine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, that, that's yeah, that's homologation. That's, uh, that's uh, you know. Uh, if you'd like to support the show and get access to all of our bonus episodes, the ad-free version of the podcast, and the official Shift F1 Discord, you can do so at patreon.com slash shiftf1. Have a good race weekend, everyone, uh, and dogs. Uh, we will see you all <laughs> next week. Woof, 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 woof.